Hey docs, welcome to the Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon McLaughlin. We are the premium location where women physicians come and learn about building profitable businesses so that we can have the freedom to live our best life. We have this podcast, and we have a supportive community of over 9,000 women physicians. We do summits. We have a conference coming up in New York on May 20th. If you're in the New York metro area, come just for the day. If you're in from out of town, there's a hotel on premises and we'll be meeting Friday night to do some masterminding and adjourning on Sunday morning. So come and join us. You can find out more on our website at fpestrong.com. I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Now, if you like this podcast, do me a favor, give it a great review and make sure you share it with another doc who can benefit from it. All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody. Today, we have Dr. Greenberg. We are going to continue on with our private practice series. Today, we're going to be talking about using nurse practitioners and physician assistants in our office. Dr. Greenberg, thank you again for coming on for doing this series. I think this is a good topic. I know that it comes up a lot in the female physician entrepreneurs group. How do I hire a nurse practitioner? What do I look for? How do I use them in my office? Same thing with a physician assistant. How do I best use them? So in your experience and what you've seen out there, I know that you have a lot of experience with your private practice, speaking to a number of different physicians. What do you think the best ways are as far as hiring, where to hire, and then also the use of people who can help you in your office as far as patient care goes? So this is a, a very complex issue and one that is constantly changing. Uh, if you go back maybe 10, 15 years, um, very few medical practices used any of what were referred to then as mid-level practitioners. Um, and there are a lot of different reasons why. Um, there, there were certain things they were not trained or capable of doing or licensed to do. There are restrictions from state laws as well as from health insurance companies. Um, and so you rarely saw that. You saw that more in public clinics and academic centers and, and things like that. Uh, in the last 10 years, those changed significantly because of a number of different things. Number one is that the level of training and standardization of certification has really become complete. Um, and when you're looking at a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, it's very clear to understand right now what their training is, what they're capable of. Um, and it is dramatically different than what it was 10 to 15 years ago. They're trained differently. Um, their scope of, of training and practice is different. Second thing that's happened is significant change in state law. Um, there's a number of states now where nurse practitioners can operate independently. Um, just 10 years ago, uh, they had to work under the license of the physician who had to provide certain supervisory role and record review role. Uh, and what has happened more recently is uh, those requirements have diminished. And in many cases, they can open up their own practice without any supervision or any relationship to any physician. Um, the other thing that's happened is somewhat of a liberalization um, from the insurance plans, uh, allowing them to independently see patients. Um, and the last thing that's kind of, that's kind of uh, ironic that's happened uh, 
is a dramatic increase in the um, compensation that that they demand that the market uh, gives them. So it used to be that they were really viewed as a physician extender um, at a lower price is how how it was viewed. Um, and I think both of those are now anachronistic and not relevant anymore. Um, so the way it is now, and in, in many circumstances, you'll see this, where they can operate to a very significant degree independently within your office, um, much more so as an equal than in the past, um, can get reimbursed at a similar level and expect to get compensated at a certain level. That is much closer to physician compensation than what we saw 10 years ago. So it's a very different landscape. And I think one of the ways to think about it really in terms of wrapping your arms around it is less as a money-saving idea and less as a physician-extending idea and more of a different skill set idea. And so the nurse practitioners in our office, we've used uh, pediat pediatric nurse practitioners for 15 years. Um, and forget the law, forget the state, you know, all of it. They have their own following. And they have their own following because they generally spend a little bit more time. Um, they treat patients a little bit differently. Uh, and it's something for which there is quite a bit of room uh, within the medical family. And so they become a very important part. And in our office, they're essentially, they're treated identical to any other physician at least within our office, um, you still get some patients that, you know, they call up a new patient, oh, we can fit you in with our nurse practitioner. No, oh, I want to see a doctor. You know, you're still going to run into people like that. And so we accommodate them. You know, we do the best. Um, but what we've also found is that once they've seen one of our nurse practitioners, they oftentimes want to see them again because they're really nice and they're really smart. And they perhaps take a little bit more time than what we do. Um, in terms of finding them, we've really used the academic centers, and we were blessed to have uh, UCLA and USC nearby, um, both of whom have robust programs. And so we've developed relationships with the training directors um, and the nurse practitioners that we have have maintained relationships there. And so that word of mouth, you know, coming from a program director that has already sent you a couple of people uh, becomes really a good source. Uh, and we've seen a proliferation, I think, of these training programs around the country. So, you know, if you're virtually any major city is going to have a program, I would develop a relationship with the program director, tell them what your needs are. And then you do it the same way you would with a physician. You're going to interview them. You're going to talk about expectations. You're going to see if they're a good fit and then try to work out a deal with them. Some people are concerned about training them, specifically maybe some of the subspecialties. And then they go off and they start their own practice. Any words about that? Always an issue. It's an issue with physicians as well. Um, I don't know how to answer that really. Um, you know, I've had the experience with somebody that that um, is explicit in the interview that they're coming to our practice only for the purpose of learning what they need to do to open their own. So obviously that's not somebody that we're going to hire. Um, we've had other people that, you know, pledge that they, oh, I love this practice. I'm never going to go someplace else. And then they do, you know, and start their own thing. Um, we've had some people that come and we've give, we've helped them with extra training. Um, and they've taken that to go start their own practice. Um, 
I, I think the only way that you can really, really, truly get around that, you know, first of all, is in the initial interview phase to really kind of get a feel of what they want. What, what, what can they see that's going to make them happy in 10 or 15 years? And if they're describing living in that neighborhood and taking care of the kind of patients that you see, you know, in the kind of practice that you have, um, then I think you've got a pretty good chance of retaining them. But you also, if you are going to retain them, you need to know what they want long-term. And if they only want to be an employee, that's fine. That's okay. Then don't tell them that they're going to have to take all kinds of administrative responsibilities. That's not what they want. But on the other side, if they're say, you know, if they're really interested in becoming a partner and eventually buying you out, you've got to make the steps that make them believe that that is true. Um, you can't just, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that at some point. You know, they're, if they've told you what they want, they've told you what you, what they want. And as long as it's something that fits with your long-term objectives, then you need to figure out a way to make that work. How do you use them in your office? You mentioned perhaps when somebody calls, if you are busy, you know, you maybe you'll offer an appointment with a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant. Any other way that people are starting off thinking about hiring? Any other ways come to mind as far as how they could be used? So in our practice, which might be a bit unique, when, when we hired these two pediatric nurse practitioners, we hired them probably about five years apart. But when we hired them, um, the initial thought was that they'd be seeing overflow, essentially. Um, but then we realized that, you know, when they're really good. I mean, just, they're just really smart and they're really good at what they do. Um, so in order to build their business, a couple of things that we did. Um, we help each of them become certified as lactation consultants. So every new baby that comes into the office, it's an appointment with them, you know, and they get to see them and get to know them a little bit. Um, for a while, we had them doing home visits for newborns. Um, very, very different experience. Um, I mean, to me, I've never quite understood and a mom that gave birth five days later, okay, get up, get dressed and go to the doctor and show up on time, by the way. You know, I mean, it's nuts, you know? And so having a program where we could send somebody to their home, you know, really was a tremendous thing. Um, we also would have them do a fairly large and robust amount of um, screen, developmental screening and, and psychosocial, emotional screening uh, of our patients at every levels. So these are the kinds of skill sets that, you know, most pediatricians are not really that trained in, don't really have the time. They're really focusing on the medical aspects of things. And so these nurse practitioners had a little bit more time because they were new in the office. Um, we could add services to our, you know, to our practice and at the same time familiarize our patients with the skill set of these nurse practitioners. Um, and I think that's really the way, the way it starts. But ultimately what ends up happening is somebody ends up seeing them and goes, well, can I come back to them for my four-month checkup? Because they like them. And so eventually they develop their own following. And at this point, they essentially practice to a large degree the same way that the other pediatricians in our office do. Dr. Greenberg, thank you so much. If people want to learn more about your physician buying group, and there's no reason not to, there's a free membership, doesn't cost anything for the membership, and Dr. Greenberg offers a number of different discounts, such as vaccines, but also he offers revenue management. If you need reminders to, for your appointments, some of the texting, there's some software as far as perhaps scheduling appointments right online. Where can they find you? 
So our website is www.mppg.net. And on the website, you have all of our contracts that are listed, an explanation about them. Uh, there's a participation agreement that can be submitted electronically. Um, once that's done, our membership director will call you and kind of go over the different services that might apply to your practice. And that's about it. That's about all you need to do. Dr. Greenberg had mentioned earlier on another podcast, he has about 35 to 40 contracts. So definitely check it out. No reason not to, you would be getting a discount because it's a physician buying group. Dr. Greenberg, thank you so much for your help. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Female Physician Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like us, please give us a nice review and tell your family and friends about us. We'll see you on another episode.